Anybody love hunting for Easter eggs? This week, our church did exceptional work egging the yards of some 380 families in our church community with the help of 75 awesome Easter bunnies who stuffed and delivered eggs. We are an Easter church, trusting in Christ for new life and hope. My last physical Easter egg hunt was with my oldest son, Daniel. In fact, it was a three-legged Easter egg hunt for adults. And I know somebody out there has the embarrassing pictures to prove it. Yet, I still love hunting for Easter eggs, don't you? Especially in movies and TV shows. For Easter eggs are hidden messages and images found in video games, TV shows, and movies. You never seen one? Ask a teenager to show you an Easter egg in their world. Easter eggs are gifts placed by the Creator for those who love and engage the story. Easter eggs are gifts placed by the Creator for those who love and engage the story. Now, some are easy to spot, hidden in plain sight, like a clownfish handed to a monster in Monsters, Inc., giving you a sense, a hint of what the next movie will be, Finding Nemo. Others are much harder to find. They take work and deep engagement, deep searching. Easter eggs are all over the new TV show, WandaVision. Anyone seen it? One easy Easter egg is on Wanda's license plate, 1228-22. That is Stan Lee's birthday. WandaVision is the story of one woman's attempt to process her grief, her overwhelming grief after her husband's death. We've all stood too close to the graveside this past year, haven't we? As people we have known and loved have died, and thousands more that we have not known personally have left this mortal coil. One might marvel at the universe that they have created in WandaVision. They show, the show stars Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's sister, Elizabeth. She's trapped in old sitcoms like The Dick Van Dyke Show, you remember that one? Bewitched and The Brady Bunch. For the first three episodes, you will not be sure what is going on. They'll have commercials that make references to Stark Enterprises and other Easter eggs. Gifts from the Creator for those who love the story. Wanda is stuck in her grief, saying things like, the worst I can think of has already happened. The only thing that would bring me comfort is seeing Him again. And I don't understand why it's all falling apart and why I can't fix it. Those were the same feelings of that first Easter morning. The three faithful women who stayed through it all must have been thinking the worst has already happened. The only thing that could bring us hope is to see Jesus again. We don't understand why it's all falling apart and that we can't fix it. So they do what they can. They do what they can that first Easter morning. They fix what is in their power to fix. Three women go to the tomb in the name of love. What more in the name of love? Early morning, April 4, shots ring out in a Memphis sky. There are days in this world when the grief can be overwhelming. And yet in the name of love, 
What more in the name of love can they do but go and help? Our scripture this morning has a few Easter eggs for us, some in plain sight and some that require much more searching. Will you listen for the Easter eggs this morning? The gifts of the Creator for those who love and engage the story. Hear the good news, the good news of Easter from the 16th chapter of Mark, verses 1 to 8. Wherever you may be this Easter morning, will you stand as you are able to hear the gospel of resurrection this Easter morning? When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They'd been saying to one another, who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone which, they, which was very large had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the good news according to Mark's gospel. Thanks be to God. A woman called one of my pastor friends and with a shortness of breath asked, is this the church with the food pantry? I saw on your website that you have a program called Scared Dying. And well, I'm dying and I'm scared of dying. So will someone come and please pray with me? The pastor pondered what the caller was talking about. They had no scared dying program. And then she remembered that the church actually offered a program called Sacred Death. Sacred Death a ministry to help people talk about end-of-life issues, to help people in hospice care achieve a holy death. Yet the caller had misread the title for a reason. She was afraid. Scared dying was where she was. She could only see what her grief allowed, and the pastor went to see her and to pray with her to help her embrace a sacred death. Three women in the name of love seek to move from scared and scarred to sacred that first Easter morning. They have persevered even through their fear. The first Easter egg for our baskets today is that the women prepare the night before for their sunrise service. They waited till the Sabbath was over after sundown on Saturday and then they assemble spices to go and anoint the body because they knew death stinks, doesn't it? Death stinks in so many ways. 
They prepared the evening before because you and I both know it is so easy to change our minds the next morning, to hit the snooze button of denial, to pull the heavy covers of grief up over our heads in depression, to just stay in bed rather than facing the pain of the day. And yet when something is really important to us, we prepare the night before. That makes it more likely that we will follow through on our best intentions the next morning. It's why when I'm going to the gym or to F3 on a regular basis, which I have not been doing, I set my clothes out the night before to make it easier to do what I have planned to do. Any of you put out your Easter clothes the night before? The women prepare the night before for the ritual of anointing the body and having that ritual help them to overcome their fear. When pain can be so debilitating, we rely on rituals that help us to take the next faithful step forward even when we don't feel like it. It is that very ritual that sends them back to the tomb. When others have already fled in fear and denial, they go back to the tomb. And as they walk toward it, just after sunrise, they begin to consider the obstacles that will be in their way. They ask the question, who? Who will roll the stone away? They don't ask how the stone will be rolled away, but they do ask who. Implying for me that they trust that there is a who, a who with that kind of power and strength. And we put that Easter egg in our basket trusting that there is a who who has the power to roll the stone away. The women discuss who will roll the stone away, but that question is not something that keeps them at home. For others have stayed home because they have already decided in advance that the stone will be a problem. They have borrowed worry. How will we ever remove this large obstacle? We might as well just stay home. Have you ever done that? Talked yourself out of something without even trying because you were worried about the obstacles that might be there? In visiting with Chris Hanks, one of our members who teaches entrepreneurship, he tells people to keep doing the small things every day and the big things will happen. He said, we tend to talk ourselves out of anything really meaningful because we let obstacles hold us back. Too many people who say they want to succeed talk themselves out of taking any step at all. They decide in advance that the stone won't be rolled away, so they just might as well stay at home. Now, Jerry Seinfeld calls it not breaking the X's. He says it's the secret to great comedy. Don't break the X's. His goal is to write for at least one hour each and every day. That's his secret. After he finishes writing for an hour, he walks over to the wall calendar, puts a big red X on that day. Nothing can curb his enthusiasm for putting an X on that calendar. We measure our faithfulness and fruitfulness daily, not by the great things that we accomplish, but by the daily habits and disciplines that lead to breakthroughs. Our rituals that help us to walk through that grief Chris asks people to spend the first 52 minutes of the day focusing on the one thing that can have the most impact in their life. To give it your total focus, give it your total focus for 52 minutes at the beginning of the day. 
this Easter season? Might you spend 52 minutes every day on the hardest things in your life, spiritually, relationally, and vocationally, so that breakthroughs can happen? 52 focused minutes a day. The three women knew there would be obstacles, but they go anyway with their first 52 minutes of the day. They prepare the night before. They don't let the obstacles that might be there talk them out of trying. And then on their way to the tomb, they look up. They look up right before they see the stone is rolled away. They look up. Where have you been looking the most these days? In our grief and in our sorrow, it's so easy to look down, to look down at all that we have lost. But they finally look up and they see that the obstacle that they have contemplated has already been removed. The stone has been rolled away. Join the three faithful women this morning and look up and live. Look up. See that the stone has been rolled away for you too in the name of love. Some of you know the name Bill Self, former pastor of Wyuka Road and then Johns Creek Baptist. Years ago, Bill was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's. The congregation was asked to unite in prayer for Dr. Self. Each and every day at noon, the church was asked to simply create a daily rhythm of lifting the Self family up in prayer. They were told it doesn't have to be long or dramatic. You don't have to rearrange your whole day or gather in a specific place. Whatever you happen to be doing at noon, stop and whisper a simple prayer. When asked what to tell the congregation, Bill Self said, without any hesitation, I want them to know that I'm not panicked. The same God who has brought us this far will be with me through this too. And then after a reflective and silent pause, Self added, the one who rolls away stones is with us. Tell them that, that I still believe in the one who rolls away stones. So with the stone rolled away, the three women walk into the tomb, which is not empty. We always hear about it being the empty tomb, but it's not empty in the Gospel of Mark. There's someone in there in a white robe with a message for the women and for us. Don't be alarmed. I know you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He's not here. He has been raised. Take a look for yourself. He is not here. He has been raised. One little boy was playing the role of the messenger in the white robe in his church's Easter play. The women came into the tomb and the boy announced quite boldly and loudly, he's not here, he is in prison. He's risen. Oh, he is risen. Yes, he has risen indeed, no longer confined by the prison of the tomb. Then the big Easter egg comes for me in the next line. I'd read it before, but never really seen it. It was right there in front of me the whole time. The one robed in white says to the women, go and tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. Did you catch that? Go tell the disciples and Peter, the former disciple, Peter. My first reaction would have been to think Peter is in trouble now, denying Jesus three times. Peter, the former disciple, go and tell the disciples and Peter. It was 
as if the disciples, if it had been the Peter and the disciples, I would, would have argued that Peter is taking his rightful place as the rock upon whom the church is built. But the disciples and Peter, it feels more like wait until your father gets home and the dread associated with that. For that is the way that the work, world worked up until that moment. But this is not God's way. Naming Peter is really reassurance that even after we have denied Christ, we are still included. There is a second chance for all of us. For as Frederick Beekner said, resurrection means that the worst thing that has ever happened to you will not be the last. We found four Easter eggs in this text to carry with us this week. Prepare the night before. Don't let the obstacles talk you out of trying. Look up. And God's redemptive love is there for all of us, covering our worst mistakes. And then the final Easter egg to take with us is the message of good news that Jesus goes ahead of you to Galilee. Jesus goes ahead of you, my friends. Jesus goes ahead of you to work. Jesus goes ahead of you to that family meal this afternoon. Jesus goes ahead of you into that hospital room. Jesus goes ahead of us into each and every situation. It is his promise. And that is the promise of new life today, that Jesus goes ahead of you so that you can follow him. Jesus goes ahead of us to reassure us and offer forgiveness in the times that we have failed and fallen short. Jesus has gone ahead. Jesus has gone ahead of us to the grave. The grave could not hold him and the grave will not hold you either. For we know that the resurrection is not something that just happened 2,000 years ago. It is still happening. I've seen it. The Easter eggs are there if we would just look. New life is possible for each of us today. Then I found an unexpected Easter egg. It was handed to me this week. I visited with Jim Levert, one of our 90-year-old members. He's a member of the Crusaders Sunday School class. He grew up in Inman Park United Methodist, met the love of his life at Bass High School. They married young and danced their way through life together. His wife, Gloria, was a terrific dancer, and he just tried to keep up with her. She was once crowned Miss Senior Georgia. Gloria and Jim were such good dancers that they often did dance demonstration for other people. She was a terrific dancer, but he would often miss a step or make a mistake. And when he did, she would lean into her longtime dance partner and whisper, don't stop, Jim. Keep going. Even if you make a mistake, don't stop. Keep going. This past February, Kathy Brockman and I stood at Gloria's graveside in the historic Oakland Cemetery after she had died from complications of COVID. Her husband, Jim, was not able to attend the, the graveside because he was in the hospital with COVID. And during those days of illness and grief, he thought to himself, I just can't go on without her. And then at his lowest point, he said he heard his dance partner whisper to him once again, don't stop, keep going. Don't stop, keep going. And he has kept going. I drove up to his house the other day. He trotted to the street to get the trash can and roll it back up 
to the house. He has kept going with the joy and trust in new life and resurrection. He showed me an old picture of his beautiful bride standing there in Oakland Cemetery next to the headstone of their family plot. Several years ago, she'd taken some folks down for lunch at a place called Six Feet Under and then headed across the street to the cemetery for this picture. With a huge smile on her face, she's standing there with one of those long dancer's legs planted firmly atop the large tombstone bearing their last name. For death does not have the final word. She dances on her grave. COVID does not have the final word. Death has been conquered. The grave cannot hold us. So don't stop. Keep going, my friends. Don't stop. Keep going. And the promises that Jesus goes ahead of you. Michael Marsh tells about a little girl who was talking with her grandmother and the grandmother was trying to explain how she was getting older and that she would die soon. She told her granddaughter that after I die, I'll be buried there in the cemetery, but the little girl would have nothing of it. She would hear none of it. She said, that's okay, Nana, because then God will come by and unbury you. And that is the good news on this resurrection day. In the name of the Creator, the risen Son, and the abiding Holy Spirit. Amen.